BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's Let's ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, Dodgers fans? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We are presented by the Fan Sided Podcast Network, and we are sponsored by the great ticket website, TickPick. You can save some money right away in the new year by using the promo code INCLINE to save $10 off your first purchase of $49 or more over at the TickPick app. NFL playoffs are right around the corner. Lakers, Clippers, basketball in the midst of things. Save some money over at TickPick, and there's no service fees at checkout. This month, the month of January, Happy New Year, everyone. This is our first episode of 2023. We're doing things a little different here on the Incline Dodgers podcast. We're going to get you exclusive interviews with a number of some of the top Dodgers prospects, so we're really excited to present you guys that. And to kick off the month, we have our interview with Dalton Rushing, which is coming up in just a few minutes. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that one because it's a really good interview. And then next week... Uh, we'll we'll announce it in a few days, but just stay tuned that we have a couple great interviews back to back lined up. So we had a really good time. Hope you guys are doing well out there. Uh, I'm gonna pass it over to David Rosenthal. David, how's your new year been so far? Uh, it's been good, Kevin. Uh, not much has changed from 2022 to 2023, except the calendar. Um, uh, currently hunkered down. There's a huge cyclone storm or something going on. So hopefully, I don't lose power. Uh, but this interview with Dalton Rushing was really good. I'm excited for everybody listening to to hear that in about 10 minutes uh, after we uh, get into some other stuff. But so far, so good in the new year. Yeah. Jake Reiner, how are things going over there for you? Back from COVID. Well, my, Congrats. Uh, my, well, thanks. I'm still uh, still testing positive over here. But um, no, uh, COVID, right. what, a, what a fantastic thing to end my year. Just a uh, nice little uh, out-the-door send-off. Here you go. COVID, uh, worst of the symptoms, no taste, no smell, 
Um, just, you know, just what, what a wonderful way to, uh, bring in the new year. Um, no, this interview with Dalton rushing is, is really cool because he's, he's super young, but he's also super confident and he, his stats back up what he says about his play. And so it's, he gives really great answers on, uh, his goals for the, the upcoming season. Here we are January 4th and the Dodgers still haven't done anything to kick off the new year. I think their last major acquisition or move was the JD Martinez thing. Uh, there is something pending in a couple days, but we don't want to talk about that. It's just not necessary. So why don't we just recap the off season real quick? The Dodgers have had a lot of guys go out the door. Maybe the most that I can remember since I've been a Dodgers fan, just insane. I think the only guy that they've brought back actually is Clayton Kershaw, which Obviously, is a no-brainer, but Trey Turner, huge gap there in the infield. Talking about like a five-war player going off to the Phillies. Justin Turner, Dodgers, and JT, unfortunately, had to part ways. Cody Bellinger getting non-tendered, and then he signed with the Chicago Cubs. So there's some question marks out there in center field for the Dodgers. Bullpen, they didn't bring back anybody, which is a little surprising. Tommy Canely, uh, Yankees. Chris Martin, Red Sox. Craig Kimbrell, Phillies. Well, we didn't want Craig Kimbrell back. Starting rotation, Tyler Anderson going to the Angels. Andrew Heaney going to the Rangers. Edwin Rios getting non-tendered as well. There's just so many names. I think I'm missing someone else too, but you get the gist of it. Uh, of those guys I just mentioned, which one of them do you find the most surprising not coming back in Dodger Blue? Uh, for me, it was it was Tyler Anderson. I thought for sure that the Dodgers would keep him. I mean, given what they, what he did for them this past season, a career year for him at his age, I think that uh, for having him for at least one more, maybe two years would have been, would have been great. But that was the big shocker for me that they weren't able to, to bring him back. And then of course, Justin Turner, I thought for, for sure they would be able to work something out, but it just, I think that he could probably see the writing on the wall that the Dodgers wanted to go younger and them signing J.D. Martinez uh, was was definitely the nail in the coffin because you got a guy that basically can't play the field and can only really D.H. And so that that would have significantly cut into Justin Turner's at bats because the Dodgers like to use him as a D.H. I would agree, uh, especially for what Tyler Anderson got uh, contract wise. Uh, I believe it was three for thirty three million, unless I'm unless I'm mistaken. Um, thirty nine, I believe. I, 39. Yeah, that sounds sounds a bit more right. That just seems like a no brainer for me. But also, you know, if you process the reasoning, I think it's just a vote of confidence in the young guys. Uh, Gavin Stone, Ryan Pepio, Bobby Miller. I think that is the reason they were comfortable letting Anderson go. And it's still kind of a shock because of how well he pitched all season long and in the playoffs. And especially when it's a three year, $39 million contract. Like, yeah, you can say Trey Turner shocked you, but at the, at the end of the day, it's a $300-plus contract. This is a $39 million contract. So that, to me, is a little bit more surprising. And then, obviously, Justin Turner, just because he's he's Justin Turner. I mean, he's been the Dodgers since he became a Dodger. So definitely a new wave of, of, of talent and players. Culture shift, possibly. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited for new guys to get new opportunities. Certainly feels like if Tyler Anderson had waited out a little longer, he he probably could have made more than what he got. I mean, I agree, he signed but, pretty quickly. I agree, but he's also the kind of guy who strikes me that he doesn't really 
you know, is, isn't really going for that. It's the same with Chris Taylor. I think he's, you know, I think Chris Taylor could have probably got more. He said he could have got more from other teams when he signed last year, but I, I just think he has that personality where he's just here to be where he wants to be comfortable and be with his guys and, and, and focus on baseball. I also forgot to mention Joey Gallo going to the twins, but kind of irrelevant because there was no chance they were bringing him back. No, he didn't do anything to warrant that. Yeah. yeah I think he'll, I think he'll actually have a, a, a better year with, with no shift. Uh, but for, I think it's $1 million, $1 million more than JD Martinez. It, it just didn't make any sense. Right. I I'm, I'm more surprised that Joey Gallo got 11 million, not, the fact that he made more than JD Martinez because it's already been reported that Martinez took a pay cut to join the Dodgers, which I find yeah. awesome. But like eleven million dollars for a guy that struggled it's, the last it's year. Potential. And a half. They're they're paying for what he could be. You know, they're paying for what he could be when he was an All Star with Texas. So I get it. Yeah, not too thrilled about the Twins this upcoming season, but we can talk about the previous. Not a lot of people all. are Kevin. Jake, I don't think even love the, the Twins. You always dark pick horse. the Twins every year. They're a dark like, horse. Oh, the They're twins, a dark the horse. Twins are they were take the Central. They were better than they were than they than they projected to be last season. All right. Well, you're gonna pick them again this year. No, I'm I'm usually a White Sox guy, but yeah, it's either 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 Twins or White Sox. Who cares? Don't, don't sleep Central. on the Twins. Don't sleep on the Twins. He can't. He really can't. Your dead carcass lays on the hill. I wasn't really surprised with most of these additions. I was kind of surprised the amount of money that Craig Kimbrell got paid, though, after yep. his last three bad seasons. So I think the price he got another job. It just I, it, that was insane. You guys are yeah, too hard I, on Kimbrell, man. You guys are too hard on him. Bad. He wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. Okay, he he was good at times. If his name wasn't Craig Kimbrell, would you be saying that? <laughs> if you just if he was if if he was just another guy and he put up those numbers and that and and that high the numbers level of a situation, that bad. the numbers weren't that bad. Like if you look at the numbers, not, it's like yeah, this isn't that bad. There's war. There's worse out there. Yes, there is worse out there, but I think that the reason you have such a favorable opinion of of what he did for the Dodgers is because his name is Craig Kimbrell and nothing else. Because you know. look I at just, the body, I just think he got a bad rap from a lot of Dodgers fans. He he That's blew not, like you five, know he got he got an appropriate rap. He got he an blew appropriate like five rap. saves. It's, okay, yeah, and, it, to add it, to, it, and add even to the, and even the hold on and even the saves that he did save was the mo- the wobbliest saves I've ever seen ever. So you don't see that the, in the they I, don't, con- I don't see that in the stat sheet. It's a saver, it's not a save. Were you watching the game though? I was. None of that felt they they well, obviously Dodgers management did not feel the way you did because if they did, he would have been the closer. I didn't say I'd uh, give him 10 million dollars to come back, but I mean the Dodgers no. already have a loaded bullpen and Hudson is going to come back and be the closer. When Craig Kimbrell was initially acquired by the Dodgers, I would say the mass majority were very stoked and thought this was going to be, you know, the Hall of Fame Craig Kimbrell, or at least somewhat close to that. And this guy managed single-handedly to basically turn all the Dodgers fandom against him, which is very rare. Like, you have to be pretty bad to have almost universally everyone say, we don't trust you, you you can't be on the postseason roster. And Craig Kimbrell managed to do that. And despite, like, Kenley Jansen having his hiccups and all that and blown saves... And those down downward stretches, Jansen always was on the postseason roster, and there was never a year where I felt like 
Jansen was worse than this Craig Kimbrell we got this last season. Well, it comes with the territory, though. And with, Jansen's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, it comes with the territory, though, with a closer. You're, you're, whoever your closer is, it, you're, you're going, you're, you're, it's just a, it's just a recipe for fans to kind of either praise you to the roof or to to come down on you like that. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a really tough position to be in, but for the Dodgers, they looked at their roster and basically said, you know, we did pretty well with the shakiest closer in all of baseball. Let's just do that again without the shaky part. They've moved on. The other thing that I don't think gets, gets talked about enough is just kind of like, I'm very curious to see what Cody Bellinger we're going to see in 2023. Is he going to turn into a, a hybrid 2018 Cody Bellinger where he's not swinging and missing a whole lot? Maybe he doesn't get the MVP or 2017 rookie Bellinger where he's flirting with high 30s, 40 home runs. But can he get 30? Can he hit 240, 250? Can he get his on base closer to 330? Can he re- revitalize himself with Chicago? I think that's going to be a huge storyline that I'm going to focus on outside of the Dodgers this upcoming season because I was a I was a Bellinger super fan and like he had to have played really bad for me to just want him off the team and that's an, unfortunately what happened but this is a one year prove it deal can he do it with the Cubs can he get back on the free agent market a year from now and get back on the course of making that superstar money that's something that I'm really going to focus on this upcoming season it's one of my favorite storylines. Well, he certainly bet on himself. And I think that a lot of those players that signed with the Cubs outside of Dansby Swanson, who signed a a long-term deal, those players are trying to prove themselves uh, to eventually, depending depending on what happens with the Cubs during the season, if if their season doesn't work out, they're playing to get traded. They're playing to get traded to a contender and then hopefully get the bag in the off season. And I think that's what Bellinger is going to try to do. It's kind of what happened with, you know, what keeps happening with Jock Peterson. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about before we get this interview, any random takes or things that we've missed over the last few days? I don't know what you guys do for new year's. I'm not really a big new year person. I just kind of like to stay inside. All I'm going to say is that the Dodgers are going to be better than everyone thinks they're going to be. I, agree. I think that this, I think that this team, um, you know, you, you, we've had a few months to kind of process what the Dodgers did in the off season. It wasn't really, there wasn't a lot of fanfare, hardly any, a lot of players lost like Kevin mentioned, but you look at who they do have. And I take that. I think any fan base that has, you know, wallowed in Pittsburgh and in Detroit any day of the week, they would take what the Dodgers have. And the Dodgers have something really special, I think, still. So I, I'm not worried. And depending on what happens during the middle of the season at the trade deadline, you don't think Andrew Friedman's going to be on the phone trying to make this team better? They're going to they're, they're going to try and win a World Series every single year, even if they don't break the bank to do it. So I, I look at this team, and I think there are a lot of things to be excited about, honestly. Yeah, I mean, one of the best parts about being a Dodgers fan is their commitment to winning extends beyond free agency. It extends in the draft. It ex- extends in international free agency. It extends in player development. And that's what you're going to see this year. You're going to see all of the resources they've invested in drafting the right players and, and signing the right players in the farm system. You're going to see those guys start to come up and start to contribute. 
So that's that's how a successful organization sustains itself as a winning organization. And I think over the last couple years, you know, with the Mookie Betts trade, the Freddie Freeman signing, the Trevor Bauer signing, Dodgers fans are used to getting that big free agent or trade piece. And I think it's a lot of people are kind of worried that just because they didn't do that is going to mean that they're not going to be successful. But I think it couldn't be further from the truth. I think you're going to see these, you know, seeds they've planted start to grow and, 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 and blossom into successful baseball players. And I think that's what I'm most excited for in this upcoming year. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. We're excited today on the Incline Dodgers podcast because we are bringing on one of the next big promising Dodgers in the farm system. He was drafted earlier this year, second round, 40th overall catcher from Louisville. Dalton Rushing is on the Incline Dodgers podcast. Dalton, thank you so much for joining us. How's it going, man? Good, man. I'm excited to get to talk about everything with the Dodgers and how the journey's been. Yeah, we're very thrilled to have you part of the farm system, and you've made a name for yourself already right away. Uh, out in Rancho Cucamonga, you were already hitting 424 with eight home runs in just 28 games. So I have to ask, what got you locked into such a hot streak? I mean, I think it kind of rolled over from the uh, season a little bit. It was um, more towards like the last month of the season. Season was probably the best month of baseball as far as like the college season was probably the best month of baseball I've ever had in my life. Um, so, I mean, I kind of just carried the momentum from then going through the draft process, obviously. And then once I get reported out or sent out to Rancho, it was kind of easy to just jump in the mix and was seeing everything just like I just left off. It was, um, I mean, I don't really think I changed anything. I think I just got in a group of good guys and they weren't like, they weren't really trying to change anything about you. They just wanted you to go out there and play the way you play and be yourself. Yeah, that makes sense. That's awesome. So I wanted to ask who's been a pitcher that you've had the privilege of catching in the Dodgers system that jumped out to you right off the bat, maybe with their stuff. There's a lot of them. Um, I think, I mean, I really can't say Bobby, obviously, because I caught him in college a little bit here and there. But that's I haven't really got to catch him since being drafted. I would say, like, probably two of the younger arms, uh, Maddox Bruns or Peter Hubeck. I think stuff-wise, those are probably two of the best I've seen, especially high school guys coming from the years past. Um, we also have – I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the whole Rancho pitching staff as far as like the whole time that I spent there. Um, we have some good relievers. Uh, Madison Jeffrey, he's got good stuff, and it's the day it's all around the zone is going to be the day that guy's a big leaguer for years and years and years. It's uh, it's very impressive stuff. Well, we appreciate your insight because you know we don't get to see all these young prospects 
pitch and all that just just not the footage yeah. out there so hearing it from you firsthand that's really awesome for us to hear and the listeners as well uh one other quick question and i'll pass it off to my my co-host uh what's been the biggest difference to you between louisville and southern california i didn't have to play any games in the snow i'll tell you that <laughs> didn't have to worry about the cold weather that was uh that was something that was pretty brutal this season we played basically a full weekend series in the snow whether it was three inches or six inches we were playing in a blizzard on a saturday night when it was not ideal uh stepping away from the weather aspect though i feel like it's it's more the freedom than anything i felt as if like in college it was my day as far as baseball related started at 8 a.m like i'm getting up getting ready to go to the field at that time or going to class before I have to report to the field. And I mean, it's kind of like an all day function. I feel like in pro ball, you kind of had a little more like, I don't want to say leeway. Cause I mean, you obviously still have to get to the field at a decent time, get everything done, but it was more of just a laid back manner. It's you're not reporting to things. You're kind of going to get like in your daily routine and whatever works for you, not really like a team setup routine. So that, I think that was the biggest adjustment. Um, you kind of like have to, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say handle your time like within yourself, but that, that was kind of something the way that I took it. I had to like kind of take matters into my own hands and step up and do what I whatever I had to do for that night or that game. Sweet. Well, Dalton, um, you know, being a catcher um, coming out of uh, Louisville, uh, we know that the Dodgers uh, tend to like to move their position players around the diamond and kind of see where else they could fit in case there's an opening at the big league level that um, you could probably fill at a different position. Have you, have they approached you about uh, other positions and are you uh, planning on working on any other positions this season? Um, they haven't approached me about as far as like changing the position or working on anything. And I mean, it's, even if they were, it's one of those things like you adjust, like just, do whatever you have to do to obviously move through the system and complete your obvious goal of becoming a big leaguer. And whatever that has to be, whether you tell me I have to go, I've learned to play third base, learn to play first, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, I feel like I'll react the right way and just kind of accept it and move on and do whatever I can to earn a spot or job right there, wherever they put. I, Definitely. I mean, I just, it's, it's a lot. Um, no, I feel like from the catching aspect, if you tell somebody to kind of pick something up, like first base kind of comes natural, I guess, for catchers, at least for me. I played first base for almost two years in college playing behind Henry, so it kind of is a little second nature. But like I said, uh, whatever they want, whenever they tell me to do it, I'm there. Sweet. Well, Kevin kind of already talked about your uh, your minor league stats from 2022, but the first part of 2022, you were still in college, raking there uh, through 64 games. You hit 310, 23 home runs, led the team. But also, I wanted to talk to you about your approach at the plate because you ranked in the top 10 in the ACC in walks, hit by pitch, home runs, on-base percentage, runs, and slugging percentage. And those are all of the qualities that the Dodger system loves. Uh, you know, high on-base, con- you know, a high contact, you know, uh, limiting the strikeouts. Um, so is that kind of how your game has always been? Or you kind of looked at the landscape of how things are going on in, in the world of baseball and said, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and adjust my game because I know what plays and what plays well. 
Honestly, no. I mean, I'm kind of taking it from the way you said it, like seeking more power into like the game today. Cause I think that's where the offensive like side of baseball is going more into the power side. And people have asked me that question before. And it's more like, honestly, like last year was the first full season of college baseball I ever played. I, I didn't play a full season my sophomore year. I played maybe 18, 20 games my sophomore year and freshman year played in 15, 18 then. And, um, Obviously, freshman year was a shortened year, but I never really got a full year to kind of get my feet wet in college baseball. So I felt like last year it was all hands on deck. Whatever, whatever you got to do, whatever you got to do to get your name out there, just go out there and play whatever, whether you deserve to be playing all three years or you deserve to just finally now get the starting job. Uh, I didn't really worry about going out there and hitting 20, 25 home runs. Of course, I had a goal and I mean, the goal was to 25 and break the record, but that wasn't really something that I was like solely based on. I was just going out there doing whatever we could to obviously get our team back on track uh, with the postseason. Sweet. Uh, I got one more for me and before I uh, toss it over to David, but uh, I read on your, uh, your Louisville uh, bio um, that you credit your mom with having the greatest influence on your athletic career. So I just kind of wanted to find out a little bit more about that and what you mean by that and, and kind of what kind of, uh, what kind of influence has she had on your career? Yeah, I mean, she's, I mean, just been the one, like, uh, parents split up, still see both mom and dad, but it was my mom that I always lived with. So it was one of those things, like, she's putting up with not only me, but my sister going through college, my brother about to, like, now going through college, but he was coming up while I was in high school, obviously. And um, so, I mean, that, that's a lot on your plate. And uh, not, not many people, like, regardless of what you think of the, single parent like home whatever like that is a lot and it takes a lot of respect out of one to be able to do something like that and do it at like the level that she did she did and made sure like I mean everyone's happy obviously like we loved our life we lived a great like childhood whatever but that's just something I kind of take after her like she when she does something she does it with everything in her and I kind of like do that with baseball like if I set my mind to something like that's going to be something that I do I don't care who gets in the way like it's going to happen and that's just, that's really like the basic way of thinking about it. Cool, man. That's awesome. David, what you got? Yeah. So uh, my first question is about someone you, you brought up yourself. Um, so you played with him in 2020, uh, Bobby Miller. You said you caught him a little bit. Looks like that on the, on the stat page as well. I'm looking at. So if you are, if you could just tell Dodgers fans what they should expect from Bobby Miller, he's obviously he's a couple years ahead of you in, in his, his journey. Yeah. Um, so what could you tell Dodgers fans about what to expect from him as he's looking to crack the rotation this year? Uh, when you get a guy like him, you gotta, you gotta hold on to him tight. Cause um, there's, there's like every baseball player is different, but he's one of those ones where the higher the, like, I guess you could say the level, the higher he goes, the better he's going to get. Performing under the lights is something that that guy's wanted to do since he was 12, 13 years old. And it shows like you, you see the guy go to AAA and he, his first start, what, what do you have? 15, 16 strikeouts, whatever it was. And it's, as you move this guy up, he just gets better and better and better. And uh, when you find guys like that, especially with like the competitive side that Bobby has to him, uh, you just, you got to hold on to him because they're going to be, they're going to be very special. Sweet. All right. So you've, you've been in Southern California for a little bit now. Uh, you've, have you had a chance to explore? And if you have, what's, what's been your favorite activity or, or site that you've seen in Southern California, you know, coming from uh, across the country? 
Yeah. Um, so when we were in Rancho, actually, we got to hook up through one of the other players' families, new new and owner at the Oakley Factory. So we go up to the Oakley Factory right outside of Rancho. It's like a 30-minute drive. And uh, we actually did like a full tour of like the original Oakley Factory, whatever. Got like some good discounts out of it for some sunglasses. And it was yeah. one of those you go there. That's something you don't get to see every day, obviously. There's only one factory like that. It's in California. So I think that was one of like the coolest things I think we did out there. Went out there, spent basically the whole day. It was uh, very memorable. That's pretty. I, it's not what I was expecting, but it sounds pretty cool. It's different, um, but it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Have you had any contact with uh, Will Smith, your fellow Louisville catcher at all? Yeah, actually, I got to speak to him right at the end of the season. Um, right after I finished at Great Lakes, went back to Arizona. I uh, went out to L.A. for like three days and got to see him then, obviously. Took me pee with him. It was really cool. I got to say hello, like put faces with names and everything. And uh, yeah. that was really – last time in person, I actually uh, – we have the same agent – or agent, actually. So my agent uh -huh. comes down and we, we go to dinner or whatever, and we'll be sitting at dinner. Will will call him. I mean, we'll say what's up then, but it's not like an engaged conversation, obviously. Right. Okay, I got I got two more quick ones for you. If you were called up to the big leagues tomorrow, what would your walk-up song be? I guess, like, honestly, that's a hard one. It'd have to be something soothing. I don't even know a song, honestly. It'd, it'd have to be, like, more of a beat. I couldn't, like, do a certain genre of music, and then you're uh -huh. getting – if you're 20, 21 years old stepping in the big leagues, you're going to – you're gonna have to do a little, or like put up with a little bit of crap that you get from other teammates obviously the veterans but um i don't know uh i'm a big mike stud fan so i'd probably go somewhere along the lines of mike stud some of his okay. news better um can't really think of anything too specific right now but that would be something to expect for sure okay something soothing maybe some mike stud all right yeah. one more quick one are you willing to declare louisville as catcher you you got you, Henry Davis, Will Smith, some others. Are you willing to go that far? I think I think you can kind of look at the numbers and um, the success from the guys that come from Louisville rather than – I don't have to name names. Guys, it's <laughs> – you, know, uh, you can yeah. claim as much as you want, but the success rates are night and day. Everybody sees it. Um they see it from the 2022 draft to the back to the 2015, 2016 draft. Like when you go to Louisville, you truly learn how to ready yourself to be a big leaguer, whether you're ready the time you enter the draft or five years later, whatever it is, it prepares you to become a big leaguer one day and take care of business, whatever way that is. Right on. Is there anything you'd like to say to Dodgers fans while we have you here? A lot of talent. There's a lot of talent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When the day comes that everybody, everything clicks, it's going to be a lot more success in L.A. Well, all right. you've barely even been with the Dodgers and you already cracked their top 10 prospects, so that's definitely something to be proud of. Yeah, I mean, it's cool, but it's one of those things. You, you have guys that every organization has guys. They may not be prospects, but they could play for a lot of big league clubs, and nobody really knows that. And I think that's – that's something that kind of needs to be brought up in baseball today because there's a lot of guys that, I mean, even looking outside the Dodgers, you look in other organizations, guys miss opportunities due to like the prospect list. They'll, they'll get cut from an organization. Wow. That's, 
a chance to play baseball. So do something you love just because of a list. I'm not saying I think it's a bad thing. I, I really think it's great for the organization. Let's everyone kind of see what's going on. You see like younger, like movement within younger players. That's something that MLB needs. But um, I would, I'm basically saying there's a lot of Dodgers guys that whether they're not prospects or what, whatever it may be, um, they're going to be big leaders and they're going to have great careers. Dalton, you you talked about a little bit about Will Smith, but I'm wondering if there are any other players across Major League Baseball. It doesn't have to be Dodgers that you look up to or or watched, you know, growing up uh, while you were uh, pl- starting to really play baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's Yadier Molina was obviously a guy that, being a catcher, you want to watch him, you want to do everything like him as far as from like a defensive side of things. But I mean. <sighs> God, who would be, who'd be other players? Bryce Harper. I mean, it's a great swing. It's one of those things you kind of admire stuff like that. I don't really try to, I guess, label my game after anyone or like really play like Albert Pujols or play like Yadier Molina, play like some of these guys. I just kind of want to go out there and be Dalton. I don't really want to be Yadier Molina, uh, Will Smith. As as great as that is, because obviously there's some was the best catcher in the game probably the best catcher in the game today, I would say, Will Smith. Like, yeah, that's that's a great label to have on you. Or, like, that's a great, like, connection to have with guys like that. But I don't, I don't really try and label after anyone. I just go out there and play. Cool. I was wondering, Dalton, if you had any superstitions or routines or, like, rituals that you did before every game that are just interesting. I don't know. I feel like I don't have any, like – rituals or anything um i guess on every off day or if i'm dhing i I usually go out there and play hacky sack for 15 20 minutes right after i get warmed up stretch everything i guess you could call that a ritual i mean half the team was in left field playing with a little tiny hacky sack so (laughs) that's awesome I, i wouldn't say any like superstitions or anything anything else you guys wanted to ask dalton do you have any like uh, goals for this year? Uh, whether that's like you mentioned that you had kind of set out, you wanted to hit 25 home runs uh, for Louisville, but like any, you know, goals that are organizational goals, like where you want to move up to, where you want to be at the end of the year or any statistical goals. What are your goals this year? Um. I see like that. That's the thing. It's going to be my first full season. And like from a competitive side of me, I want to say like, Oh, I want to be here. I want to be here. But like at the end of the day, I'm not in control of where I'm at. I'm in control of how I perform really. So I guess the goal, I always aim much higher than probably should, whatever. But uh, I, from an offensive side of things, I want to tell myself, Hey, I want whatever, whether I go to high A, whether I'm in double A, whatever it may be, I want to lead the league. And as many categories from like offensive standpoint as I possibly can, whether that be on base percentage as a whole or slugging home runs, doubles, walks, like walk to strikeout ratio, whatever it is, I want to lead it in whatever I possibly can and obviously be the best player in the league. Cause at that time, I guess you could say like, you can't really compete with guys that are in a opposite or an opposing league or like across the country. Like, how are you, that's not really a competition. So, I mean, basing, basing your goals off where you'll end up really, I, I think are, are pretty tough because at the end of the day, 
you have zero control over that. You're going to get moved when they believe it's the right time, whatever it may be. And just control whatever you can control in the moment being. So we'll put him in. We'll just go. We'll just go for lead, whatever I possibly can from an offense. (laughs) It's a good goal to have. Yeah. Love it. I'll leave you with one final question. So Dalton, first of all, we really appreciate you joining the show. Um, It's very exciting to get to talk to one of the up and coming Dodgers. And I'm sure our, our listeners appreciate it as well. So outside of baseball, what's one thing that, Dodgers fans should know like this is what Dalton Rushy digs whether it's an interest a hobby anything like that I mean I actually golfed all day today but I'm really bad at it so that's not (laughs) who isn't yeah Yeah. we're all shit at we're all shit at golf yeah it's the one good swing that brings you back every day Uh, yep exactly one thing to know about me um would say I like to work out, but I'm sure a lot of people kind of they put that label from the second they see me, I guess, or get to meet me, which is kind of different because I've actually lost a little bit of weight. But uh, when I'm trying to think of something different, um, a lot of people didn't even know I cut my hair, uh, cut my hair off base. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's something to know about me. I'm going to stick with. Here on out. That's a great Likes a good haircut. We like got it. it. Got a haircut. a haircut. He got I, a haircut, guys. I did notice the haircut from your pictures. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of haircut off. I'll put it that way. Nothing. Just, nothing no, gets by Nobody Kevin. said anything. No. Everybody in your life just proceeded as usual. I mean, it's. I talked to like maybe like my five best friends, my girlfriend, obviously my trainer, and the guys I train with every day, like on a regular basis, and like obviously those people know, but it's like. I don't put anything out there on social media for other people to know. So like, it's kind of a new thing. They see my hair. They're like, Whoa, where'd all your hair go? Um, <laughs> but, I don't know. It just kind of that's throws it. So, that's so good. <laughs> uh, I think that's a great way to wrap up the interview. <laughs> <laughs> Dawn uh, rushing. Thank great, you so great much. Great way to cut it short. Yeah. <laughs> Dawn rushing, actually, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to following you this upcoming season. Perfect. I appreciate you guys. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.